Welcome to the 24 Report. This is your co-host, Will and Derek. Yo, shout out Kobe. Shout out Kobe, especially. I don't even know if I want to bring up the awkward dream I had last <laughs> night on this podcast. But I'm going to call myself out before you call me out because whatever. But I did have a dream that I was at Kobe's memorial and Vanessa consoled me. All right. I don't have any more details beyond that. That's all I can say. But it was uh, emotional. Yeah. Just add on to that that it was con- he, she was consoling emotional like your Kobe fan comment. Yeah, like like I like anyone like, read too deep into that. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I was an emotional wreck at like yeah, yeah, memorial yeah. that was at Staples Center, and she saw that and like it's kind of funny because it's like that's who I think it was like her fans kind of look at her as, and it was just kind of mm-hmm. crazy for her to like it was like an open arms approach to like oh no like you can come sit next to me like because I had snuck in it felt like. Swear to God, I'm not like making any of this up. I felt like I'd snuck into the event, and then like, I was right in that alleyway. And for some reason, she was sitting in like the nosebleeds, which again makes no zero sense. Uh, <laughs> she was literally like, "Oh no, no, come sit over here." So like, if anything, that just means what you were saying. I think like that is truly who Vanessa is. I think she loves the fans. She loves Kobe fans, and she yeah, does everything yeah. you can tell. Whether it's with Nike or whatever she does, like uh, even with the police department, is everything trying to fight for Kobe's yeah. legacy, but also for his fans. So. Mm-hmm. That was something. We'll yeah. move on from that, though. Let's shout out, shout out know. Vanessa. Shout out shout Vanessa. Out, shout out Vanessa. Always shout out Vanessa. Uh, but no, well, listen, you know, uh, the dust is settled. Hopefully everyone has had some time uh, to kind of breathe post, uh, you know, post the end of our season. Uh, obviously, a lot of basketball is still happening, which just feels weird as Laker fans. I think that's a fact. Uh it's funny. I just started a new job and I'm getting roasted uh, because I'm. They have a Slack and it's an NBA Slack, and I'm like, "Yep, you know what? It, you know what Slack I'm joining." Uh, <laughs> and it's just immediately bringing up that you're a Laker fan. It's like, yeah, but like, how long have you? Like, wait, you're in New York City and you like the Lakers? I'm like, oh god, I got to do this already. I can't even do it. I can't even make my arguments in person. I got to type the shit out. So I'm like, I loved Shaq and Kobe as a kid. Blah 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 blah. Uh, you gotta give but, them the whole like rundown of how. Bro, the whole rundown. And then there's just an annoyance. Like, oh, we already have enough Laker fans. Like, yeah, chill. Like, I'm just, I, I'm just trying to be nice. I want to be a part of this group. Saw some mm-hmm. funny takes get thrown around. All good. Uh, but obviously, like I was saying, our season's over. There's still some basketball happening. Sadly, the Clippers moved on. No one, no one's happy to see that. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, what Utah so, can do. Uh, Although it's funny because like it's, it's hard for me to even want to root for a Utah either. Uh, all right. I, I, that I'm that organization of... pisses me off. I'm kind of not rooting for Me neither. Me neither. Oh, who else? Shout out uh, Jokic winning MVP. Yep, yeah, congrats to Jokic. That was announced uh, today. Tom Thibodeau. I don't know. If, uh, I'll, quick thing. Jordan yep, do Clarkson it. In that, in that Laker jersey. Did you see that pick? I did, I did. In the eighth, and it yeah. kind of threw me off because I kind of thought he was playing for yeah, the no. Lakers. I know, bro. I know. I saw that really quick, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then I read it was like, "Oh, for media day." I'm like, "Oh," I was like, you know, "What?" This is not his team anymore. Like, what's going on here? But no, nah, he still represents, and you know, again, any, once a Laker, always a Laker. Shout out Clarkson. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Uh, obviously, sixth man of the year this year, well deserved. Um, Tom Thibodeau. Yep, I was not gonna lie. You know, not that you know, we have a lot that we want to get into here from a Laker standpoint, but I will say I was. Deserved, but I'm also I was surprised. I thought um, I thought yeah. Phoenix, yeah, I thought Monty Williams would have taken that. Uh, so a little bit surprised there, but 
Yeah, I respect it. I think I, I had Thibodeau in my top three, regardless uh, of who would win it. Um, but no, congrats to all the winners. Now all the winners are announced. That's over. Yeah. Uh, no, but like you, you said, I'm not. Do it. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, though, I'm not rooting for anybody. I feel like I haven't really enjoyed a lot of the games anyway. Like the, it's been a lot last of blowouts. Night. Yeah. Milwaukee's game. Milwaukee just got. Oh my god! Like, I, just I don't abused. know. It's a unfair, bro. What? What KD did to Giannis? Oh my God! And then wait, Blake wait, Griffin which, did which to Giannis. <laughs> which I, 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 I know, <laughs> bro. The jokes about like uh, Blake treating uh, Giannis like a Kia. I'm like, oh my God, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah, my Blake, God. Blake turned back the clock on that one. It was good to, you know, as a fan, it was good to see. But obviously, you we I, we won close games. I want close games. I, I, you know, I will say I am excited. I, I do still. I don't know about you. I still catch the games when I can. Like I'll be watching uh, the games on tonight. I feel like the Atlanta Sixers series should be interesting. Yeah, that's a good series. Embiid had a young. big game last game. Uh, I don't know how he did that on a torn meniscus. He dropped forty or fifty uh, uh, or forty. Embiid, and then obviously you have the nightcap, which I probably won't stay up for. Uh, at least the whole game, but obviously Clippers versus uh, Denver, uh, not Denver, uh, Utah. So let's get on to it, though. Unless you want anything else, I think covered off on the landscape of the NBA. Uh, and obviously what we really want to use this episode for is we want to you – know, we've been reflecting on a lot of the exit interviews, but, you know, we're obviously not just going to repeat what we're seeing on these exit interviews. We kind of want to talk about what's, you know, what's kind of standing out to us uh, mm-hmm. based on what the players are saying. Because this is the only – this is the only real light right now that we – into, uh, yep. you know, not just how the players felt post this season. And, and the good thing is, I, I, you know, being that it's the day after, I think you're still getting pretty raw reactions from the players because they're yeah. still pretty emotional from emotions, the loss. Emotions are definitely still high. Exactly. And, you know, I I had a lot of takeaways. I do want to let you start, though. Uh, I've definitely done a lot of talk. You know, and, I, and I'll let you choose where you want to start with this. And I, I don't know if you're going to choose violence. You want to start off easy, but, like, I'll let you kind of just, you know, <laughs> Give me your first takes of how you're feeling. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wake up and choose violence just because it is kind of <laughs> gross outside. Uh, I know Kuzma. where this is going. Let's talk about Kuzma. I think oh. let's just cut to the chase. Let's get the audience engaged early. Um, my takeaways from Kuzma. I think we, you know, we kind of briefly touched upon. We have similar takeaways. Uh, Kuzma was kind of losing me. I thought that. He was making excuses. I thought he wasn't giving himself a proper evaluation. Um, I thought he spoke about himself a little too much. Uh, I guess he was trying to build his value just because he the kind of tank from uh, what we've seen. And all in all, is with Kuzma, I, I he didn't seem he didn't sound too mature in the interview. You know, someone that's been in the league, uh, I think about four years now, four or five years. About four years. Uh, about four years. I. I was kind of hoping for, you know, a sense, uh, some mature answers from him. And I, I I wasn't really – I feel like he was kind of – obviously, he's emotional. He knows he didn't play well. Upset that we uh, we lost. But, I, you know, I wanted some accountability. I wanted him to say, you know what, I, I'm supposed to be that third option and I didn't live up to expectations, you know, instead of the opposite of saying that he felt that he, you know, he did what he – he improved tremendously even though that wasn't necessarily the case. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, oh, my. I I, I just want to know what he's smoking or what planet he is living on throughout the interview. Like, 
I have never felt like, and I, and I had to talk, obviously, before we talked about this, I was like, I was like, wait, did I just see what I thought I saw? Because I didn't like see not even a moment. There was, it was, it was so lax, but also like there was not a moment, not a moment in that interview, not a one thing he said where I felt like he actually took accountability for how we played this he year. He didn't. He didn't. He, he did it. And he did, anyway. and he did the opposite of it. He did the yeah. opposite of it. He said the he had a great year. He said he had a great year. Yeah, bro. It was wild. Kuzma, you had a great year? Excuse it was me? wild to me. I mean, you had two points wild. in a playoff game, bro, and you just told me you had a great year. The one thing he tried to do, which was which was just a deflection, was talking about, you know, not knowing exactly his role. Bro, you knew your role. Get buckets. Score his a bit role more. has been the same since, you know, he got into the league. They want him to be a number three option, which means just put the ball in the hoop and play, play slight defense. Just play a lick of defense. Just try. <laughs> And you had opportunities with players out, right? Like to be even a, so, it's not it's not a matter of like, oh, well, he didn't get the opportunities to score. No, he did. You had the opportunities throughout the season to get your points up. You know, you play games without AD, and we're gonna look at you to hit some threes and rely on you for some consistent yeah. scoring. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more with what you just said before. Is it is a it is sad to see for someone who's now won the championship, which I don't think helped him. I think that only just elevated his ego. You know, is this yeah. lack of obviously like I said accountability, but just maturity, like you said, like no, yeah. just like just it pissed me off and I I'll get to this later. I imagine it pissed a lot of other people off, but like just the sheer just like acting like kind of like a child, bro. And like yeah, it's that's just, how it was. That's how it was. It was it was like a, a child who knows he did something wrong but does not want to own up to it. No, not at all, bro. Not at all. And it's wild because it's like I can point to the finger my bad i cut you off no no you're good because it's just like he said it in his interview and then he's making posts about like oh we're ready to come back next year you better slow down buddy like you gotta look back at this current year right now and take your take your ownership of your part of this issue and a lot of the players did this we talked about this in the last one it's not like you can't do that wesley matthews who's going into a he's he's gonna be looking for a contract now was very transparent about he did not do what he needed to do for this team and i get it he's older but Bro, you've Still, been in the league for four or five years no now. Like, there's no excuses anymore. Like, and like, said, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he had, doesn't have the right people around him to kind of tell him, like, yo, like, bro, it wasn't good. Or he just has people, yes men around him, who just tell him, like, yeah, you're great, bro. It's yeah. funny. I saw a tweet, and I'm like, I guarantee you, LeBron regrets sending that tweet about uh, who's gonna take the biggest leap, and he put Kuzma, and he re- tweeted with Kuzma. I bet he regrets every bit of that. I'm going to be real with you because mm-hmm. it's just – I don't know. It's just sad, man. It's sad because I think there are a lot of expectations. I know everyone makes the I jokes. I had high like, expectations. Oh, people, people, we should have traded him over Ingram. Listen, he wasn't going to get traded over Ingram. They didn't want him for clear reasons. You know what I mean? Like, So it's it's sad. I mean, I said this in the, we said this in the last one. I personally think if there's a package deal, whether it's in a sign-and-trade deal and then you need to add his contract in, I thought, and I said this, I think I said this in one of our, like, earlier season episodes, that deal they gave Kuzma was very intentional. It was intentional in the fact that, like, that is such a tradable deal. I think it's a four-year, $41 million deal or three years, $40 mm-hmm. million, something like that. His contract is not heavy. It's a great attachment contract to anything to, to match salaries. Um, and still a player that someone could look at and say, oh, we could probably get some value. Mm-hmm. And I'm not certain at this point. I will not make that claim. I just have a feeling if the right thing opens up, that they would trade him. Because I just think yeah. at this point, it's kind of a more of a, it's less, even less just of the ability, but it's also the, 
the mindset and the attitude. Like, you can't have that in your locker room, bro. You can't. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, uh, it sucks. I think that if he took some accountability, accountability in his interview, I think that would uh, help his case as to be to return as a Laker just because, you know, it's like, yeah, he had a bad year, but you're seeing signs of growth and maturity. But, you know, we didn't see and, and, No, you're right. And the last thing I'll say on him, and, and then I want to transition to somebody else, is, is even what he said that he needs to work on, I was like, wait, what? Did I watch the same player? Oh, yeah. Like, literally, the only thing we're talking about it. I don't know what else I heard, but I remember him just saying like that he needs to work on his handling and yeah, like, that it was, was more isolation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to become a better isolation player. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, what? that's not going to be your game, you know, anytime soon. That no, maybe it will when he's maybe when he's in Detroit. That might work for him though. Oh that yeah, I was, his I, game. maybe he already knows he's going to be somewhere be else. So. That's funny. Maybe he already <laughs> knows that. Maybe he's just like, oh, I already know I'm going to be in LA, so like, ISO game. I need to work on my handles. That's true, actually. Now that I think about it, he probably knows something we don't. He probably already knows the Lakers might be. He might be out the door. Man, I want to see that man in a cold city with little media and see how that goes around, bro. L.A. Mm-hmm. is not for everybody, and I think it overinflated who he thought he who he thinks he is on the court. Yeah, but I, I could rag, we could rag on Kuz for a while. I do want to flip the script uh, to a player who I think personally did the exact opposite of him, but I think personally. If you can name names, Kuzma might be one of the players on his list of who we fucking can't stand. Um, but I think, like I said before, this is 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 Marquise Morris and someone who I would compare to the way Wesley Matthews came at it. And I think as a as a savvy vet in the league, uh, put his time in, understand a team as a veteran, especially a team with championship aspirations. You when you join a team like the Lakers, and especially a team coming off a championship, bro, you join a team and know that. It might not go exactly how you think. You know, it's coming into a team where, like, you know, there's a lot. He made this claim. He's like, look how many veterans we had in our team. There was going to be a challenge that everybody was going to have to take on different roles and maybe roles that they weren't comfortable with. And, like, even the way he spoke of of Frank Vogel, he said he had high regard for Vogel because he's like, I can't imagine, you know, the pressure of being the Lakers head coach and also having the talents you had in the room. How do you manage that? He's like, I think he did an amazing job. And I was like, well. I'm surprised to hear him say so. Okay. Say that so objectively. He so he said that, which take, is though. a very different take. But even a bigger take that came out of his is he was asked a question. I don't remember the exact reporter, but it was about what do you think about the case for bringing this team back 100 percent and running it back? Like, how do you feel about that? And this this answer, I I think spoke volumes. And it basically was kind of like talking about how, you know, I, you know, I think we need to bring guys that will buy into the, to the environment that we're creating. Okay. Um, we, need guy, we need to bring in guys that are going to make consistent uh, shots, you know, but the biggest thing was just like, he also said like, you know, you, we need killers in this locker room. And he said that a couple of times, bro. And he basically made a point towards it later on that there wasn't really many killers that they had, or like that there wasn't that killer instinct within the, the locker room, at least. I that, I get- that that's a, that's an interesting take because I, I you know what I agree with him, but he didn't call anybody out directly. That's the thing. So he did it the right way, where he asked like, "Oh, should we keep 100?" percent He's a, he didn't say no. He just said, "I think we need to bring in guys, uh, guys that need to be brought in. You know, there need to be guys that can buy into you know what their role on this team, and guys that will make shots." Now I want to ask you this question because this got my mind turning. Is so who's he talking about? Because he's talking about some players on the team. There's some people on the roster that aren't buying in. Easy check mark. Let's just say Kuz. That I think that's the oh, easy yeah. one. I don't that's think we have to question that one. We just said everything that needs to go to that. 
I already have some names in my mind of who else that could be, but I'd love to hear from you. Who do you think else is the, you know, where he's going? Because he's clearly making that statement based off of, you know, what was the environment in the locker room? And he made a very important claim that he's like, we need to go back to how our, our roster was when we won the championship. Made statements about, like, that roster, like, you know, we had a tightness and we had a, a, every everybody bought into what they needed to do for our team. I think he's definitely – I think Schroeder's one, one off, another player he's talking about. 100%. Um. Um, I think he's weird. Maybe Trez. I, just, I, I yeah, maybe. maybe just because of the how it ended. I think you know what I mean. I think mm-hmm. uh, it was a, he had a, it was a sour a sour taste in his mouth. So I maybe Trez. I'm also looking at guys like um, I'm. I'm not looking at Gasol. I think Gasol kind of knows where his place is. They're not too worried about him. Um, I I, I would say Gasol though for earlier in the year. He did switch up a little year. bit, but the way well, he made a lot of statements Harden. earlier about annoyance of like he was he was pissed and he and he made public statements on that. So I think internally that probably ruffled things early on. But I agree. I don't think I think over the long term he kind of figured it out. But obviously we don't. We both guy. agree he won't be back. But yeah, keep going. Anybody back. else? Um, I had I had one that I can't think of right now. Oh, I'm. I have an interesting one. I'm not going to say he's uh, sour in the locker room or whatever, but maybe THT. Mm. I think guys are kind of looking at him like, all right, what's what do you want to do next kind of thing? Because he is young. Like, where mm-hmm. are, do you want to stay and, you know, eventually get, earn your, get your time, get your minutes, which may take another year and a half, two years to get the minutes that you're looking for? Or do you want to go elsewhere and have an immediate impact? you know, early, like, what is your kind of, like, where's your head, where where are you heading towards, so that may be another one, more just out of curiosity, just because he's young, and not because, you know, he, I feel like he just shows up, and he's just glad to hoop, kind of thing, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I yeah, keep going. what do you have, um, um, maybe whoever you say may, may ring a bell for me, oh, no, so my, my immediate list for who he's talking about, and I think it's – I honestly think it's two people. I think it's Schroeder and, and Kuzma. And I think okay. it's Schroeder – I think it's Schroeder through and through. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't think it's Trez because I think Trez always had the right attitude. He has I think right Trez attitude. is just – like, obviously, people always jumped on, like, what he was posting on Twitter and stuff like that. But I think in a locker right. room – yeah, no, I mean yeah. – Which is fine. This, Which is fine. And this he, is something – is justified. I think this is the dangerous thing too, though. Is management made a lot of promises to players that came in, and not maybe direct promises, but I think they made statements in a way that like made a lot of players think they were going to be starting. And obviously, only five motherfuckers can start not starting. I yeah, truly yeah. think there was a huge rift in that locker room with Schroeder. Um, I really do. I just think for a lot of reasons, whether it'd be like everything that happened around the COVID protocols. Uh, to just the way he acted, even from the start of, like, his tenure with the Lakers, right? Like, immediately kind of saying that he was going to be a starter. And, like, I don't know, like, it's oh, not yeah. even that idea of just, just come in and work yeah. for it. Don't just make statements and claims, right? And then just mm-hmm. the inconsistency in play. Uh, I don't think that rivals well with, especially, you know, guys like Markeith, who, yeah, he wants to get out there and get all his he's shots up and get his minutes. Yeah, he's, he's a, a dog. dog. And, like, it frustrates him. And even he could – he and Wes were super accountable that, like, you know, there's areas, like – it was a tough back, especially a guy like Marquise, who was on the championship roster as well, who came back after the 70 days. We talked a lot about that, right? And, like, obviously, it's someone he's really close with, his brother. Not being able to be around each other, even though they both were obviously on L.A. teams, you have to think they're in different places at different times because of uh, 
they have to yeah, flip flop schedules. So I think mm-hmm. he's I my list I could speculate on all the others, but I think at the end of the day it's it's a guy like I, and it's Kuzma Schroeder and I think ultimately it's Schroeder. I think Schroeder caused a lot of issues in our locker room. And I, I ultimately think, don't think he's back on the Lakers after this year. Uh, even on a one-year deal, the more I think about it, I don't think it's possible. Uh, I think – Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he got uh, – the Hollywood, uh, you know, air got to him. I think, you know, his head kind of blew up just because mm-hmm. I think – and I think he kind of maybe filtered that to Kuz. I think Kuz is one of those more impressionable guys. Uh, he likes had it in himself things. a little bit. He didn't need yeah, it anymore. Yeah, he likes flashy things. And, you know, and I've watched a couple of, like, uh, shorter interview, like, just interviews at sneaker stores and his vlogs. He, he's a little flashier than I expected that I thought he would be. So, you know, maybe putting him in L.A. was kind of like, that's, you know, you know some people don't need to be in that environment because, you know, it, it steers them the wrong, the wrong way. And I think that he may be one of those guys. Like, you, you know, guys – like Jr. the Jr. Smiths of the league, the you know the guys the, who are considered knuckleheads, the Nick Youngs, the Deion Waiters. I think he's starting to transition into that ca- uh, well, think category. Of, well, think about where we went from point guard from last year to this year, right? We went from Rondo went and from Avery Rondo. Bradley, Avery Bradley to Schroeder. Like it's just a different world, and it sucks because I do think he has the talent to be he has the talent, a definitely. strong player, but I just don't think he gets it. And, like, I saw this in the playing game. I saw this in a lot of games, especially when LeBron came back. Like, he didn't know how to act on the court, especially when LeBron was out there. And I guess that's hard for everybody, right, when you're playing with a guy who's as ball dominant in the 10. But, you know, I think his public statements and his public actions spoke a lot. And I ultimately think, uh, yeah, he caused a lot of issues. So I don't want to sit on him forever. I do when I know we're running low on time. Uh you know, I, honestly, I, I know you. What we watched a few of the other people speak. Any just major takes? I know you had some big takes in your mind. Anything else you want to call out from anything uh, else you heard? Uh, <clears throat> uh, Caruso. I thought Caruso was. Uh, he was account. Uh, he ha- had some accountability. I think uh, you could hear it in his tone that he's all in for the Lakers because he he sounded upset with the season ending short. That was what he focused more on. You know, he wanted to make it to a championship. He. He was all in to do whatever he needed to make it to a chip, and I think you kind of heard it in his tone. So it just shows you how how much love and how much you know he gave to to Laker fans when he every time he got on the court. So you know I thought that was good. Uh, ben Macklemore's uh, just quick, easy. I I don't see him coming back. He knows it. I think he knows it. I think we know it. You could kind of get that from the tone. And Tht is his was uh, he's just. More like he he's kind of he doesn't know what's gonna happen kind of thing. He doesn't know if they want him back mm-hmm. or looking if they want to shop him. I think he's just like you know I'm just gonna go work out hoop. Uh, if the Lakers want me back, I'm gonna you know play for the Lakers, and if they don't, I'm gonna have to figure out where I'm gonna be kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The THC when I got that that a lot, and I think it's also just like I got the young vibe of like a guy. Yeah, he's like, young, bro. I'm like yeah. figuring this shit out. Like I like. Yeah. Like and all, the, like, all, and all this. You have to think about how how fast all this came to him, right? Because this has all happened within two seasons now, right? And yeah. this is obviously coming off of when I say two seasons, I mean bubble season and this season, and obviously that's with a short break in between. Like he's he's not had obviously a traditional route, and like all of a sudden now he's coming to this thing where it's like, oh, like he might have an option or he might have opportunities yeah. that exist outside. I. Mm-hmm. 
with your takes on people like THT. He, he talked to us a lot. And a guy like Caruso, uh, they really leaned in on the fact that, like, how important it has been in their careers and even especially these last couple of years, being able to play with an AD and LeBron. Uh, I think they value that a lot, uh, respectfully so, right? Like, just think about the guidance THT has been able to get. Um, and I also agree with your point that I just think THT is the type of guy who, like, especially if he stays around, it's going to take still probably another year or two. He needs to figure out where he fits in. I think sometimes I, I – unlike a lot of people, I kind of got frustrated with him every once in a while just because I felt like he tried to take over situations where it wasn't yeah, like – you know, like you have to play – you have to play more team ball, bro. Like you can't just kind of yeah. – at times it helped us. It sparked things. But a lot of times it felt like – I felt like he, he caused a lot of unnecessary turnovers and he just made like sloppy plays. So I think that just comes with age though. That just comes with age and just comes with trial and error. You know, he hasn't yep. been on the court enough to know – to not do that, you know, all the time. So, you know, uh, he's young. Uh, you know, he, he said he knows what he needs to improve on, and that's his jump shot really mm-hmm. first, first and foremost. foremost. So, you know, um, he had, his situation is a little bit different than other guys. He's in, he's in L.A. with the LeBron James and the Anthony Davis signed two clutch sports. You know, he's, yep, yep, yep. he's in the limelight, even though he's under the radar. So. Yeah, it'll be hard for him. To, I think it'll be a challenge to see if he leaves, uh, even if he gets the option, because I think the Lakers just – there's a good value for him, even in, in the short term. Um, but it's funny, and this is like – obviously, this is kind of one of my last points I'll make, and once there's anything else you want to bring up, we can wrap up. Yes. I literally think I heard every other player taking accountability aspect to, like, I need to shoot better, I need to do certain things better. Especially shoot, right? Like hearing THD say that, that's huge. Because that's the realization of like, oh, no, we shot horribly. And if all we did was shoot a bit better in the playoffs, we're likely mm-hmm. still alive and we're likely moving past against the Suns. But literally our, none of our role players did that. And the only one person who couldn't make that statement was Kuz. And it was one of the more, most inconsistent ones at shooting. And it's just like, wow. Yep. You know, you know what's funny? I know you said you didn't really uh, touch upon his interview. Ben McElmore said the same thing Kuz said. He said that he felt that – they had shooters and everyone shot the ball well. Well, yeah, Ben McElroy's gone too. Don't worry, bro. Man, but that motherfucker, that man, knows he, that man knows he's gone though too, right? Yeah. Like, that, that interview is kind of like say whatever you want. But it's always interesting because like we, we talked about this earlier. These exit interviews, like it's different for different people. And it's interesting to see two vets who don't have guaranteed contracts next year be very accountable on themselves because, you know, you think about that and that can affect their money. I do think based on what Mark Keith and West have said and what they put out publicly, it's because I think they just they plan on coming back to the Lakers. They they want they, they have a bad taste in their mouth. Mark yeah. Keith knows what this team was like when they had dogs on the roster, right? When you had guys like Rondo, Javel, and uh, mm-hmm. Dwight. And Dwight. similar with West, West kind of saw what that team was and saw what this team was, like just being on it now. And he's like, no, we we I think this team could be better. So you know, we'll obviously go into our free agent takes. I already will tell you, though, we talked about this right away. I would love to have Wes and Marquis back. Those guys are dogs. Mm-hmm. They are – and they are, you know, in, in the right scenarios, and right situations, I think, in, in, a, in a, a normal year where they're not getting tested every day and, and under these stresses, will be better shooters and more consistent, but their defensive abilities are really important. And then, obviously, there's going to be a lot of other players I feel very indifferent about. Um, but I think <laughs> the biggest takeaway for me from this episode of what we're talking about is just that there was something missing in that locker room the entire year. Uh, I think injuries, obviously, you know, played the biggest role. But ultimately, I think there was just mentality. And we all talked about that, right, that it wasn't going to match exactly. But I think 
a couple guys. This shows you in the NBA how one or two guys that change out and you bring one or two of the wrong energies into that locker room, it could fuck mm-hmm. a whole team. And I personally yeah, think that's what happened. I think someone like Sharp really threw off all the energy in the room, and it's why I personally don't think he comes back. Uh, I just don't think it makes sense. You can't have a guy who's all about me, me, me when you're trying to win a championship. It's, it's, mm-hmm. You have to make sacrifices, and it's hard. And it's really hard when you haven't made your money yet in the league. So I, I get it. Uh, I can't understand that. I'm not fighting to, to, to get an NBA salary. Uh, but about it as Laker fans and, and us as like analyzing analyzers of the Lakers, I don't want someone uh, that is just worried about getting his money. And we didn't have that in 2019, and, and that led to us winning a championship. So that's my biggest takeaway. I'll let you kind of wrap off and I'll let you finish it up. What's your, what's your big takeaway from all this? A uh, big takeaway is um, you you know when it comes down to it you know what you did uh, you know how you how you competed how you played as a Laker and you know if you were if you were if you were being genuine and true in that interview and if you weren't so I think I think everyone else watching could tell and uh, you'll probably start seeing results from our takes in the next couple months. I like that. I like that as an end point and. Uh... You know, we'll be back later this week. We do want to wrap up. We want to kind of look at uh, more of this from a more formal place, where I'll say not a formal place, but more of the uh, less player outtakes and more, you know, where – what can we take away from the last things we've heard from, obviously, Vogel. Um, I know you have some hot takes. This will be a fun episode for you. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Vogel, Polinka, <laughs> and then even AD and LeBron's last words. I think I love them in that group because – Ultimately, they really are the GMs of the organization, too. They're going to be the ones deciding and making final call on a guy being on the roster or not. So I think this was a great one wrapping up on all of our role players and kind of, you know, what our final takeaways are on them. Ultimately, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, kind of our four-man front office there and what they ultimately do. Um, but as always, you know, this is the 24 report. We come with you, come to you with uh, our hottest takes. Try to do it within 24 minutes. This was a bulky one. There was a lot to get to, though, um, but I appreciate you staying with us and listening in. Um, we'll yes, be back sir. real soon with our next episode. Yes, sir. Shout out, Kobe. Take care. Shout out, Kobe. Night. <laughs>